You are listening to the ARB podcast. Tune in as you stir yourself up by filling your ears with the anointed messages of faith as you strengthen your spirit at any time of day. And we'll see you on the other side of faith. Tonight is going to be a night of miracles. I feel it in my bones tonight. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Open your Bibles with me to Acts chapter 19. And today I believe this is what's going to happen here. We'll read verse 11. Acts chapter 19, verse 11. Now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. So that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from, from his body to the sick. And the diseases left them and the evil spirits went out of them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God performed unusual miracles. Tonight is going to be a night of unusual miracles in the name of Jesus. I promise you, if you have never seen miracles in your life, you will see them tonight in the name of Jesus. For there is going to be a move of the Holy Spirit that is going to be released tonight. Even to those people watching us wherever they are. People are going to come out of their comas. Tumors and cancers are about to disappear. Missing organs are about to be recreated in the name of Jesus. It doesn't matter how crazy the miracle that you need is. Let me remind you, my God has not forgotten how to create. For the, for the past some time, we've almost come to a point where we literally think of God as a mechanic who fixes our problems. But he doesn't just fix our problems, he recreates whatever is missing. If you have a problem in your heart, I promise you tonight, God is going to replace your heart and give you a brand new heart. If your knees are worn out, God will give you brand new kneecaps tonight. Unusual miracles are going to happen tonight in the name of Jesus. John chapter 11. John chapter 11, we'll read verse, verse 11. These things he said, and after that, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he was speaking about taking rest in his sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, 
Lazarus is dead. And I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. Then Thomas, who is called the twin, said to, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go that we may die with him. What a great bunch of people. Imagine having staff like that. You know, let's just go die with this guy, you know. When we travel in, in India to do crusades, our life is always under threat. You know, I've almost been shot like three times now, missed, you know, by an inch. And uh, I've survived. Some of my team even quit the ministry because they said, it's too dangerous to be in ministry with Ankit. So you will find disciples like this when you're in the ministry. Verse 17. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. And many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Hallelujah. Here's what she said. If you had been here, Jesus, my brother would not have died. Why did she say that? She said that for one very simple reason. Because Martha believed in the Jesus of yesterday. Are you listening to me? And that's the issue with many Christians, even today, in the world that we live in, they believe in the Jesus of yesterday. Oh, back in the day, Jesus did miracles during the time of A.A. Allen, Catherine Kuhlman. He did all these signs, wonders, and miracles. And they talk about it, they talk about it, they keep talking about the past. But they don't believe that miracles will happen. Now, that was the same issue with Martha. Martha believed in the Jesus of yesterday that, that she saw healing the sick. But she didn't believe in the Jesus of today. Then it continues and it says, But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said, Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. And when she, she had said these things, she went her way and secretly called Mary, her sister, saying, The teacher has come that he's calling for you. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into town, but was in the place where Martha met him. Then the Jews who were with her in the house and comforting her, when they saw that Mary rose, and, rose up and quickly and went out, followed her saying, she's going to the tomb to weep there. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. This is the most famous scripture. Then Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. And some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? 
Then Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone laying against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who, who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would only believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me, and I, don't, and I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice and said, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. Now I love this scripture so much because this is probably one of my favorite stories in the Bible. And one of the reasons why it's one of my favorite stories. When I look at Martha and Mary, Martha goes up to Jesus and says, if you were here a few days ago, my brother would not have died. And then she continues to say, Jesus says, yeah, no, he will live again. He said, no, he will live again, but in the resurrection of the last day. But I love how Jesus reacted to what Martha said. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Remember this, Jesus is not the great I was, nor is he the great I will be. He is the great I am. Yeah. Hallelujah. Because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he does not change. The problem is we look to the past, we look to the future, but he is in the now. He is a miracle-working God. He said, I am the resurrection. And unfortunately, people do not believe that. And that's why they see a lack in signs, wonders, and miracles. The power of Christ is in the present, present continuous. Hallelujah. That means he is I am. I'll tell you this story. A couple, uh, couple of years ago now, I think it's about a year and a half, about two years probably now, I was in a crusade down in, uh, in India. And I was standing there and I was about to preach. And uh, as, I, as, I was, as I was walking up the stairs, my, my staff came up to me and said, tonight you cannot lay hands on the sick. And I said to them, why not? And they said, the police are here, and they said that if you lay hands on the sick, they will book you for practicing medicine without a license, and they're going to arrest you tonight. So don't lay hands on the sick tonight. I said, I said to them, all right, we'll see. <laughs> I walked up on the stage, held the mic, and I stood there, and I looked over the crowd, and I saw hundreds of sick people. Thousands of sick people all across the crusade ground. My heart went out to every single one of them. I said, Lord, what do I do? My hands are tied. Immediately the Lord responded and said, my hands are not tied. And that hit me. I was like, that makes total sense. And then here's what I did. And the Lord suddenly spoke to me and said, do you remember Bartimaeus? And I said, yes. 
tell me what happened in that story. I said, Bartimaeus cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And you stopped and you healed him. I said, and he said to me, son, in the same way tonight, you will not have to pray for a single person. You will not have to lay hands on a single person. And he told me, son, miracles never depended on, depended on you. It depended on me. He said, you are not the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. He said, stop being so self-dependent on yourself. You never healed anybody and you never will. I'm the one who heals. And that hit me so hard. So I said, what do I do now? He said, nothing. Just tell the people to stand up and call out to my name and they will receive their healing. And I said, okay, this is, this is new. This is weird. Because <laughs> I'd never done this before. This was the first time ever. And I couldn't even pray for a mass healing prayer because that would also be booked and I would still be in prison the next day. So I stood up there and I said, here's what we're going to do tonight. All those who are sick in your body, put one hand on your chest, lift your other hand up to heaven. And I said, at the count of three, you're going to shout the name of Jesus as loud as you can. And you're not going to stop till I tell you to stop. And I said, one, two, three. The people there started shouting, Jesus! I'm telling you, it was the most heavenly sound that I'd ever heard in my life. The Bible says the name of Jesus is higher than every other name. At that name, every knee shall bow. That name. There is power in that name. People don't understand that. People forget that there is power in that name. You cannot believe in the name of Jesus and not believe in miracles. And I just started shouting the name of Jesus. There was this. The, there was this wave of his presence that came and filled the place. And I told the people, put your hands down. Now test your bodies. Do what you could not do. If you couldn't bend, bend and check up. If you had a tumor, check the place of your tumor. If you're blind, check your eyes. If you're deaf, check your hearing. Do what you could not do. You'll see that you're healed. And immediately people start testing their bodies. And I said, all those who are healed now, Step forward right now. When I said that, I was shocked to see thousands of people walking forward for testimonies. And that's the first time I ever saw that many miracles in my life. And let me tell you, it doesn't stop there. There was a young man that was brought up, brought up on the stage. And as I was taking testimonies, he was brought up to me. And... Um, my staff brought him up to me and pushed him forward and said, please check this guy. And we, we have like a whole team that medical doctors and everybody testing everybody that, that gets healed and then sends them up after everything is confirmed. Because what happens is a lot of times uh, people come with uh, fake, uh, fake testimonies and come up, come up on the stage and then create, the whole, create a whole nuisance there, you know, because uh, Hinduism is like that, you know, they go against Christianity. And so they tested him, they brought him up to me. And uh, I stood there and I brought the guy close to me and I looked at him and I was taken aback for a moment. I was like, what the heck is this? Because when I looked into his eyes, he didn't have his iris or his pupils. 
it was just a white eyeball. And I looked at him and I said, guys, what happened to this guy? No, he's blind, now he can see. I'm like, what do you mean he can see? He, he's, he has literally nothing there in his eyes. What are you talking about he can see? He said, no, no, test him now. And I said, you guys are insane. You're going to make this whole thing into a crazy riot after this service. And I said, I'm, all right, fine. So I took my mic, put it behind my back. I pulled that guy close to me, looked at him and I said, tell me, what happened to you? And he wouldn't respond to me. He was completely quiet. I looked at him and I said, touch my nose. He wouldn't respond. I said, touch my ears. He wouldn't respond. And I kept doing it for the next five minutes. He didn't respond to me. And now I was getting frustrated with my staff. I'm like, you idiots. You messed up again. Unbelievable. And after the service, I was going to like give it to them, you know. But I'm standing there. I said, touch my ears. Nothing would happen. So suddenly, here's what I did. I grabbed my ear like this. And I said, touch my ear. And this guy moves forward and touches my ear. And he says, oh, that's what an ear looks like. I'd never seen one before. Come on, give the Lord a mighty hand. Here I am, a complete idiot, talking to a guy who's never seen before. And I'm saying, touch my nose, touch my ears. The guy doesn't even know what I'm talking about. And this guy, to this very day, he takes the bus on his own, public transport on his own, he reads, he writes, and everything. And the doctors still don't understand why he sees. They keep coming around to do all kinds of tests on him, and they can't find out why he can see, but he can see very clearly. And guess what? His entire village came to the Lord because of that one miracle. You want to know what's better? In that village, they shut down every theater that was open. They shut down every liquor store that was open. Because nobody would go there. And not only that, here's the best part. The owner of the theaters came up to me and said, since nobody's going to the theaters to watch movies anymore, can I just play your crusades in my theater? And I said, absolutely, go ahead. He took all my videos. The next two weeks, he only played my crusade in the theater. Give the Lord a mighty hand. And that's what I'm trying to tell you. My Jesus, not the great I was. If he could, he, if he could do that to Bartimaeus, then if he could do this to this man, how much more will he heal you tonight? He's not the great I was. He's not the great I will be. He's the great I am. His power is present here to heal the sick. And one of the things I love about, love about, about that story in John chapter 11. Martha goes up to Mary and says, Mary, come here. The teacher is here. Then Mary goes up to Jesus and tells him the exact same thing that Martha said before. And the Bible says all the people that were around Mary consoling her ran with her thinking that she was going to go to the tomb to weep again. Let me tell you, 
people will always come around to support your tears and have a pity party. But they will never support your faith. Don't ever be surrounded with people who tell you, oh yeah, you know, uh, yeah, I know Jesus heals, but uh, just to be safe. What do you mean just to be safe? A thousand may fall at my side, ten thousand at my right hand. It shall not come near me. People told me, oh, don't travel from India to America. You're insane. And that you're flying to Florida. That's like the worst place you could go to right now. And these are Christian believers, pastors, and evangelists telling me this. One guy said to me, no, don't go to America now, you know. There's a difference between faith and foolishness. There's no difference between faith and foolishness. What is foolishness to the world is faith to us who believe. The safest place on the planet right now is this church. I was in a tin can filled with people who were coughing and sneezing all day long for 14 hours straight. And I promise you, I don't have any kind of cold, headache, fever, nothing. And why should I? People will never support your faith. Tonight I want, you, I want to tell you. It doesn't matter who supports you or not. If you have faith tonight for your miracle, I promise you the Lord will touch you right where you are. God is going to do a readjustment in your body and set everything right tonight. Where you are missing a bone, God will put a brand new bone for you tonight. He has not forgotten how to create. Then Jesus said to Martha and Mary, take me to the tomb. And as they started walking, the people around them said, oh, Maybe he's going to the tomb so that he can cry there because, oh, look, he loved him so much. And then some others said, oh, isn't this the same guy who, you know, opened the eyes of the blind and all that kind of stuff? Couldn't he, this man save this man as well? The Bible says Jesus wept. And people use that scripture all the time. And Jesus wept. Jesus is a God of compassion. And Jesus wept. He didn't cry because he was missing Lazarus. The beginning of that entire chapter, the Bible talks about it. Jesus told his disciples, we're going to go raise Lazarus from the dead. So if he knew he was about to raise him from the dead, why would he cry? Jesus. 
Jesus groaned in his spirit because of the lack of their faith. And I want to, I want to tell you this tonight. Jesus is not moved by your tears. He is not moved by your emotions. He is moved by your faith. The, no, listen to me. The Bible never ever says, it does, the Bible never says that Jesus saw the tears of the woman and he, healed, and he healed her. He always said, your faith has made you whole. God will always be moved by your faith. Let me tell you this, let me tell you another story. I was in India in a place called, uh, in a, a place called, uh, well, I can't remember it anymore. We have so many places in India. We have like 1.3 billion people. Yeah, it was called Jansi. Yeah. And uh, I went there for a crusade. And uh, on the third night of the crusade, I was about to head to the service. And my assistant called me up. And he said to me, um, Evangelist, there is a girl that's brought here to the service, and she's in an ambulance, and uh, she's about to die, and they want you to hurry up to the service now so you can lay hands on her. So I said, yeah, I'm coming now. So I got into my car immediately, and I left. And I drove straight down to the service, and by, but by the time I got there, the ambulance left because the girl had died. And you're not allowed to keep a dead body in a, you know, in a, in a mass crusade area with a lot of people. Because you, know, you have rules and stuff like that. And they took that girl and they left. And as my car entered, the ambulance left. And as they were leaving, you know, we have massive sound system, you know. Our sound system can probably reach about 200,000 people. So it can go like miles and miles and miles. And I ran up to the stage very quickly. The worship leader was, you know, singing and I grabbed the mic out of her hand. I walked up, right, she, was, she was like, what just happened, you know? I walked right up to the front and I said, in the name of Jesus, I command every dead to be raised. When I said that, that girl who was going in the ambulance came back to life. And that was the first time I've ever seen the dead raised in my meeting. You know, when I read the Bible, I don't read it for good history. Oh, let's see what Jesus did in the past. I look at what is written in the Bible and I say, if he could do it then, he can do it now. <laughs> India, or America, Jesus is the same everywhere. And the devil is the same everywhere. Miracles and signs and wonders are dependent on your faith and how radical you are willing to be with the word of God. People will tell you, oh, you have a problem in your knees. Um, when he says, you know, jump around and test your bodies, do what you couldn't do. You know, don't do that. Because the doctors told you not to do it. 
I don't care what the doctor said, but Jesus says tonight. Let the word of God have the final say in your life. My family is full of doctors, but as much as I love doctors, I promise you that they probably kill more people than the disease itself. I remember when my grandfather died, you know, they put him on a ventilator and he was already dead like a day before that. They just wanted to make, make extra money off us. And just because you see the chest moving, you know, people think they're still alive, but they're not. They're dead. They're long gone. But the reason I'm telling you this today is because I want you to understand. People told me, oh, America, people don't need miracles. You know, why do you want to go preach in America? I mean, there's, there's nothing. I mean, they don't need miracles. They're, they have like... They have medicine and mod, all kinds of technologies and stuff like that. And I said, yeah, right, sure. And that's why when I fly from America back to India, I see so many people on wheelchairs going to India to get medical treatment. I've seen more sick people here in America than I've seen in India. I promise you. John chapter 11. Verse 33. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled and he said, Where have you laid him? Then Jesus said, Then they said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, See how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would only believe, you would see the glory of God? Tonight, let me tell you, I don't care how long your situation has been dead for. I don't care how long your finances have been dead for. I don't care how long you've been sick for. I don't care if all hope is lost. But let me tell you today. Did I not tell you? If you believe, you will see the glory of God. Tonight, if you believe, I don't care what is dead. It will come back to life in the name of Jesus. And Jesus stood before that tomb. And he looked at the stone that was in front of him. Roll it away. And he says, Father, I know that you heard me. And that you hear me. You know what heard means? Past tense. That means even before Jesus opened his mouth and spoke. The father already heard what Jesus wanted to do. 
even before you open your mouth tonight and say, Jesus, I need this, he already knows what you need. Jesus stood before that tomb. The stone rolled away. And he looked right at the source of the problem. Tonight he stands here and looks at the source of your problem. It may be dead. It may be smelling. Maybe all hope is completely lost. And he said, Father, I know that you hear heard me and that you always hear me. But he said, but for these people to know that you have sent me. The Bible says he cried out with a loud voice. And he said, Lazarus, come forth. And immediately, the Bible says Lazarus came and stood before the entrance of the tomb. Do you know what a tomb looks like? If you've ever been to Israel, I actually have been to Lazarus' tomb. There's stairs that go all the way down to the tomb. There was nobody there trying to test Lazarus' body to see if he was alive or not. Lazarus, test your body. Let's see if you're alive. Move your finger. He didn't send anybody in to bring Lazarus out. When he declared, Lazarus! <laughs> That's it. <laughs> when he said, Lazarus! Immediately, from the bottom of that tomb, the voice of God pulled his body out with his spirit and made him stand before Jesus. In the same way tonight, I decree and I declare over your life everything that is dead right now in the name of Jesus, I command you to come forth and come Whatever was dead and stinking in the name of Jesus, it is going to come and stand before you tonight in the name of Jesus. What was dead will look you in the eye. Your miracle will look you in the eye.
Miracles are the gospel in action. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, when I see people getting healed, it makes me press into God even more. When Moses was in, was in the wilderness taking care of his father-in-law's sheep, 40 years of his life, his purpose, everything forgotten. Then suddenly the Bible says, he saw a bush that was burning but was not consumed. That caught Moses' attention and he went towards that bush. And that's when he heard the voice of God and he was sent as a deliverer. In the same way, these miracles that you're seeing every single night, they're not just for a magic show or a magic trick. It is God trying to get your attention. Saying, I'm real. My power is real. And he will touch you right where you are. And not only that, he will fill you and he will use you to do this and even more than this. You've been blessed by our podcast. Connect with us online at www.ankithrambabu.org for more information. Email us at partners at ankithrambabu.org to sponsor our meetings or crusades, enabling yourself to reap the same rewards.